If you want real stories, real life tools for resilience and in-depth conversations directly from those involved, then look no further than the HSE Heroes. This podcast, proudly sponsored and produced by The Safety Shed, is your gateway to authentic narratives in the realm of workplace safety. The Safety Shed, a company dedicated to working with high-risk industries, offering free site surveys and bespoke safety solutions nationwide. Offering more than just accounts of incidents, HSE Heroes is a platform that provides tangible tools for resilience and engages in profound conversations directly with the individuals who've experienced these challenges. As your host, Alex is here to guide you through these compelling stories, offering insights and inspiration. So join us on this journey, where every episode unfolds into the exploration of real stories and practical tools for resilience. Tune in and immerse yourself into the world of HSE Heroes, where authenticity and depth take centre stage. And we're up. Um, HSE Heroes, third in the series. Um, we've got another powerful story to tell today. Um, so I'm sure you're back in your droves, listening intently, of course. So today, Tom Caulfield, um, appreciate you coming over, mate. Thank really you, do. Thank you for uh, me. The long old drive from sunny Birmingham today. Sunny Brum. Sunny Brum, with the family as well, with yeah. the family. So. Yeah, the little. We've got everybody here today. So uh, yeah, really appreciate you coming over, like I said, mate. Really powerful story to tell. Um, aligns really with our missions and message that we've heard over the last couple of weeks about sending everybody home safe, raising awareness. Um, so HC Heroes, real people, real stories, real lives. Um, we're going to keep pushing that message until that number gets down to zero. Uh, awareness is increased. Um, so yeah, any questions or anything like that, we can direct it. We'll give some contact details at the end. Um, and Tom, Tom's available. Um, well, I'm sure you'll be able to tell us.
He's going to be a builder when he's old. I can yeah. be there with the builder's bum out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just meant to be, you know Meant to right? be, in the stars. Um, <laughs> that's it. So, yeah, I just loved getting mucky, just getting dirty. Yeah. One of these kids who probably was 18 sh- mud back in the <laughs> yeah. like, Building up an immune. What going to be when he grows up. But, yeah. That's it. And I just loved just being a lad. So, yeah. obviously went to school, done my all my GCSEs and things like that. But when I was at school, I was when you pick your options, I was um, I, I was able to pick construction as one of my options. All right, nice. Which consisted of painting and decorating, bricklaying, and plumbing. Right. And I just had a B line for bricklaying. Yeah. That, that was the main thing. Guys. So when was this? We were must be fourteen ish. Uh, thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. Uh, well, fourteen, fifteen. Side so you right. nine, ten. Yeah. So. Pick my options in year 9, 10 and 11. Mm. Um, and I used to do one day a week at, at, on a Friday at school wow. where we'd learn Britain with his, um, with his college. So I was there and I was good. When got, I just had the natural gift for it. Yeah. Um, and I passed, I was passing all my city and guilds qualifications. Oh, nice. Things like that. Got my level one, my level two. Amazing. I'd done it in my plumbing and my painting and decorating as well, but I just had this... I just wanted to carry on Britline. And yeah. I was like, get rid of the other two. Britline's the one I'm after. Nice. That's what I'm going to do. So I, my idea was then to, I want to be able to get my qualifications, become a good little Britler. Mm. Eventually, one day, get a few lads behind me and set up a business. And hopefully in the future then, I'd have a business. Yeah. So you want a real strong vision. Yeah, yeah. Quite, quite I, I've always had visions and I've always like. This is what I want to do. I've yeah. never been one to just sit around and wait for it to come to you. Yeah. I just want to work for it and, and work hard. And, and, and all, my motto in life was always just get work hard while I'm young. Yeah. Stack as much money and earn as much money as I can to then eventually, when I'm older, in my 40s, yeah. early retirement and, yes. and live life. You know what I mean? Live life to the fullest. But unfortunately, things like that don't always pan out today. So Not always, mate. No. That's it. So, yeah. So, I then left school, had my qualifications in Britlife, just sitting in guilds, and I went on to do um, apprenticeship with a major construction company in the UK. Right. Um, Carillion Construction, they were called. Yeah. I started at a training centre where we obviously all had to learn health and safety and this, mm. that, and the other. And what did they go through, uh, health and safety-wise, on the, you know, in that in that portion? It was more just like. Open coming out to the open world, you know. Right. Like you've just left school. Straight you're out gonna, of school. You're going to go into a college. You do probably six months in a college, and then after them six months, you're out onto the big open sorts, big building sorts. A bit different, that, isn't it? Exactly. So you know, like, and and this is what people don't understand at that age, mm. like seven, sixteen, seventeen, is how dangerous these building sorts can be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they are the most dangerous places to work on yeah. most of the world. You know what I mean? Mm. So. We didn't really get told about all this, that, and you know, we're like, what can happen? Yeah. Until you go out on site, yeah. and then you're like, wow, this is this is what this is what I've signed up to. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is my life now. Yeah. So, um, so we started on a building site in Birmingham City Centre, a big high rise. Right. And I was just just labouring sort of thing. Mm. Um, was I was doing a few building a few lift shafts, uh, block work, and that just with a couple of the supervisors. Yeah. Obviously, cutting my blocks, things like that, and, yeah. and just just labouring. Ent- like, entry level. Yeah, like, entry level. You know, when, you, when you start off, but uh, yeah. that's where you on the building side. You're a labourer. Of course, you do. Yeah. So, 
So I've done really well on that film. So that job come to the end, and I then got the move with the subcontract to Bricklayer Companies, mm. or sub it out to. Right. And we moved to a job in um, Erdington in Birmingham, um, where they were building a big retirement village. Right, okay. I got to that job, and <laughs> I've just two, well, literally a few weeks before, I've just passed my driving test. Oh, wow. So 17, 17, 17 and a half, so yeah, yeah. in July, um, I passed my come through, passed my drawing test, and obviously then I ain't going to get the bus anymore. <laughs> yeah. It was bit of freedom. It, that was the other thought, yes, I'm in my car. Yeah, yeah. All my PPE and all my stuff's in the back of the car. All I've got to do is jump in the car, drive to the job, yeah. get out, stick my stuff on, PPE on, and then that was it, then that's work. So always remember the day of my accident sort yeah. of thing it was like torrential rain and I thought like, you know like, you ain't gonna be driving past the bus stop that I used to stand <laughs> in and I'm thinking yeah I've got meters on here and, and, and everyone's thinking oh look at them like they're yeah. standing in the rain <laughs> so like I said pulled up on the job it was it was only 20 minutes away from my house it wasn't even that far it was All right. a local area okay so it was nice to be able to work in your local area. Work in your local area. So yeah. got to the job. Like I said, torrential rain. And usually most days when the bricklayers anyway, you don't see many bricklayers working out in the rain. Not think, I don't think I ever have. <laughs> Not once. Till tomorrow day now. Still, <laughs> yeah. Never seen a bricklayer working in the rain. No. And um, yeah, so we got there. It was Thursday, after Thursday morning. Mm. And I was then told, look, we need you labouring. Running the hard, we need you loading out bricks, blocks, and other. Yeah, bit of pressure there. So, like, yeah. So, 17 years old, come on to the job, mm. gone into the site induction room, inducted all this, showed what people you need to wear hard hat, mm. high vis, boots, goggles, well, glass. Didn't have to wear glasses then. Right, okay. So, glo- gloves, hard hat, yeah. high vis, and boots. Right. Gone to the job, and it's just mayhem. Everyone's really? Compo, they blocks, bricks. Really? So you can imagine, it's like it's daunting for a young lad. Yeah. And this is what you don't understand, like people don't realise when you get there. Mm. So I've got there and I'm working with the labourers and I'm carrying concrete blocks. Yeah. I hop on this scaffold and um, got concrete blocks on my shoulder. Concrete blocks? Yeah. They're, they're heavy there, man. Exactly, this is it. So. I'm carrying one concrete block. I'm 17. I'm yeah. 16. I've just come out of school. I ain't got much souls to me. Mm. So I'm carrying this one block up and down the scaffold, dropping my block down, ready for the brick down. Supervisor shouts up to me off the scaffold, off the ground, on the top of the scaffold. Yeah. Tom, you can't effing carry two concrete blocks. Don't carry none at all. No way. So, yeah, so, you know what I mean? That's more supervisor saying that to me. So, oh, wow. so I'm like, oh. What do I do here then? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't carry two blocks. Yeah. Oh, if I carry two blocks, I'm going to either hurt myself yeah. or I'm going to drop them on myself or drop them off to someone else. Yeah. You, know, you don't know. So I was like, okay then. So the lads I was working with, the two labourers I was working with, mm. I said, he don't want me carrying one concrete block. He wants me carrying two, but I can't handle two. Mm. I'm only a young lad. Yeah. So I said, oh, do you want to fill up the um, the buckets of wet muck? Wet right. compost, just come out of solo. Yeah. Watching it come out of solo, you've got a forklift driving up to it with a big bosh, yeah, big plastic bosh, fills up the con- fills up the bosh with all your wet mug, yeah, and then forks it up, loads, booms it up onto the loading bank where I was working, okay. So, um, 
there's me getting shoveling my bucket, start filling my bucket up. Mm. Took a bucket up onto my shoulder and off I went. Off I went to that and there was these two bricklayers that were on his first floor lift. I was on the second floor. Right. I was having to pass the, the pass the bucket and walk through the scaffold handrail down to these two bricklayers below. Right. But the, the supervisor I was working for on the previous job, he was a, a supervisor for the company, the subcontractor company I was working right. with. Yeah. And he says, look, Tom, he says, this job ain't looking, he, he don't seem safe. Mm. He said, look, just be careful on it. Oh, so he's recognised so it. So he's already seen this. Right. This was a couple of days before. Ah, okay. Like I said, I was a young lad, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when we start off, you, you know, it's, it, like I say, you've you got so much going on around you, it's, it's like, wow. Yeah, well, there's that. And I suppose you straight out of school, first job, first proper, you want to impress as well, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, no, you, yeah. you want to show that you're keen, you want to show that you're yeah. confident, you want to show that you, this is what you want in love, this yeah. is what you want to do. Yeah. But like you say, you've got to start off from somewhere, you've got to start from the bottom. Yeah. So like I said, I'm doing, carrying these buckets of comfort in. And I've done about 20 or 30 at the point of the accident. Right, okay. But still torrential rain. Yeah. We've been told that morning as well that, look lads, rain's going to be bad tomorrow, mm. which is the Friday. Yeah. So we can have the day off tomorrow. So you can imagine... Everyone's pace picked up. Everywhere. Double speed now. Exactly. I bet you were loving it at this point though, weren't you? Yeah. In that environment. Oh look, like, that's what I'll that's what I want. Yeah. But just, I mean, you don't get chance to to step back, mm. look at where you look around at you, where you're working. Yeah. Look for any hazards. Because mm. it's just go, go, go. Yeah. So like I said, I've gone. I'm taking the bucket off my shoulder, I'm passing it down to the, these two bricklayers. Yeah. At this one point, obviously probably got tired, mm. wet. I only had just a thin grip of gloves on. Right. Like I said, didn't have to wear safety glasses then. And as I've took it off my shoulder, the mm. bucket slipped out of my hands and it's just gone down. I've automatically gone with it to try yeah. and catch the bucket. It's like all in one motion. Yeah. And it's hit the wet floor and splash. And the bucket's just like exploded and shot back up in my face. Wow. And it literally covered, like, my foot, whole face was covered. Eyes, nose, mouth, ears. Wow. I, I was just plastered in wet cement. Um, but I just shouted out, I screamed out. Because yeah. one of the things we learned at college mm. was about lime burns. Oh, of course, yeah, the lime. Oh, a couple of lads used to mess around throwing cement at like throwing yeah. wet bucket each or and things like that and they used to go to medical school that yeah. sort of stuff. I bet. But this is another thing people, younger generations mm. wouldn't know because they're lying in the cement. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to educate people now. Like, I'll speak to a lad the other day who works on all sort. He was only a young 17, 18 year old mm. lad. He was asking me about I was telling him about an accident, mm. asking me he was asking me questions and I said, Yeah, it's the lime in the cement. He says I didn't even know there was lime in cement. No. And I said, yeah, that's the reason that he penetrated my eyeballs, burnt through my eyeballs. My God. And that's what caused me to then lose my sight. But like I said, I was carrying the bucket, mm. bucket slipped, splashed back into my face. Yeah. And that was it. She had just panic. Everything was... Didn't know what black. to do? No. Just pitch black. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, like, if anyone's ever just got a bit of... Bit of dust in your eye, you know how much it smarts mm. and waters, and you're like trying to yeah. put it out, like scrape it out with your fingers. Mm. So the lad was always with that. I said, Come straight into the toilet, let's go. 
Yeah. Ran over to, thought, well, took me over to the toilets, took me down the scaffold staircase, into the toilets, and said, Tom, throw water in your face. Yeah. So I'm there throwing water in my face, trying to clear it out of my eyes, and it just weren't helping. Yeah. So they said to me, look, we're going to have to take it to the, the, uh, the site office. We need to see the health and safety. Yeah. So I've gone to the health and safety since to the sort of office and they give me some all solutions put these all solutions in oh right yeah and they ran out of them oh <laughs> my god <laughs> they so, run, run out of that as well so yeah, oh, yeah. No. you know what I mean like, it's, it's little just, things yeah these things which companies need to put a, a change in place yeah for things that you know, things like this that could happen yeah yeah so I then went to like the, the, obviously ran out of all our solutions mm. next step was hospital yeah they didn't get me an ambulance because no one knew how much damage was being done. No one knew the damages as what was going on with my eyes. I thought, oh, yeah, just a bit of muck in his eyes in for all the washes. Washes always out. He'd be Awareness. back on the job then. But now, nah, supervisor who was with, working with me, mm. he says, I'm going to take the hospital. Yeah. He didn't know where the hospital was. We got lost on the way to the hospital. Oh, no. I knew where the nearest hospital was, but like I said, I couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah. So, still um, torrential rain. Looking for people to try and find directions for the streets, and there was no one really around. It's quite a bit of time to passing by now, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. All this, while well, this line is burning yeah. through my eyeballs, I then get to the get find someone on the side of the street. They give us directions. Get yeah. to the hospital straight through, and they and they put me in this back room, tilting over it um, over a sink, and they start getting these bags of saline water. <sighs> And they'd look a hose on. Yeah. And they'd just look a jet wash. Oh my so God. there's me, head over this sink, and they're just jet washing me all I bet that was excruciating. <laughs> a lot of it, I don't remember, it's just yeah. what I've been told, you know what I mean? Right. Like, my dad, I then had to, they said to me, look, it's this bad, you're going to have to go to the Birmingham Eye Hospital. Right. So my dad had to come and pick me up from one part of Birmingham, pick, yeah. take, pick me up from some Coldfield. And take me back to Birmingham, um, yeah, city centre to the hospital. And was it all out of your eyes at this point? No, no, so, so there's was another still, this was still burning, still burning, so probably yeah. another half an hour, 45 minutes on onto the journey from the one hospital to the other hospital. Wow, so then by the time I got to the other hospital in Birmingham, yeah, the damage had been done. So, knowing what you know now, looking back, would um, what would have been the time frame to sort of save your sight? Do you think? So, if they if if people knew the dangers of what was going on with mm. at the point of the accident, they should have got an ambulance at the side. Yeah. If they'd got an ambulance from the side yeah. and took me straight to the Birmingham Hospital, mm. they might have saved you know, save my vision. Wow. Which, like I say... I suppose that's a big part of your message now then, isn't it? This is it. Um, it's, it's, it's scary. Yeah. So you're so, another 45 minutes right? this new one. <laughs> so yeah, so then I've got to the Birmingham Hospital. Yeah. And I've gone straight through into this room. My dad, he was with me, obviously. Yeah. My mum, she got the phone call. She worked for the same company I worked for, mm. but she was on the rail side, I was on the building side. Oh, okay. So she got the phone call from some one of her gaffers saying, look, Tom's had an accident. Mm. Get to the hospital in Birmingham. So by the time I've got to the hospital, my mum was there, oh. my dad was there. And mm. that was it then. That was everyone's off and just turned just, up side. Yeah, just immediately. In that my mom, point. she was my carer then. Oh, was she? Yeah. She oh, so she, what, she didn't, didn't work after that? She didn't that. go back to work for two years. Really? Yeah, yeah. She was from 17 to 19, she was my carer. And that's what I mean, you know what I mean? Like, 17 years old and your mum's caring for you. Yeah. yeah that's what she was doing for you when you was a child. Yeah. 
I've just passed my driving test. I'm just so thinking I'm that. independent. I can go wherever I want. Things this are starting. Is, this is it. I'm on my own. Mm. I've got my own back now. Yeah. So then one day, flick of a switch, pitch black, mum's looking. Feels like it's again. back to square one. Yeah, so. How was that? How, how was that for you? That's, that's when it, it mentally messed with my head then. And yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking, what? What yeah. is, is this? This my love now? Mm. Is this what he's going to be coming? So, and that that day of the accident, as I've got to the Birmingham Hospital, all the consultants from in the in the hospital have been briefed about eye burns, right. eye injuries. Yeah. Next thing, Tom, perfect example, comes walking through the door. <sighs> yeah. So all I can remember was sitting in this room, sitting on this chair, and just hearing loads of voices going on around me. Mm. Everyone prodding and pulling my eyelids up and just seeing what this damage has been done. What's going on with Tom's all? Yeah. So it, like, it was a new thing for everyone. Yeah. People have been there years and never seen this happen. Wow. Obviously, people have had burns, balls, cement and things before, yeah. but not as, not like as this. bad as mine. So the first thing they said to me, the consultant, he left they've looked all of my eyes, like, it's not looking good, Tom. Yeah. It's like, you're probably never going to be able to see again. Oh my God. And at 17 years old, when you've gone from perfect vision, you've yeah. been able to do whatever you want, you can see whatever you want, to then one day, pitch black, probably never going to be able to see again. And that's where it, that's where it mentally messed with my head. And yeah, I bet. That's a, that's a massive change. Mm. In So up until that point, did you still think, are oh, they going to sort me out? I thought, yeah, I thought it's, it's not going to be as bad and yeah. I'll get my salt back here. Yeah. But at that point when that consultant said to me, mm. you're probably never going to be able to see again, I thought, wow, I can't do this. I'm not that type of person to be yeah. able to just depend on people. Yeah. I want to be able to depend for myself. Yeah. I want to eventually have my own family then, which I can depend on. Yeah. And, and, and work and you know because you've had that from a young age haven't you you've had the ambition and the looking after you and that's it building something and, and then so one day it's just all taken away up in flames you're like what so yeah so I was in hospital then for two weeks two and a half weeks right I mean oil drops putting me always every hour of the day right day and night so they were coming in throughout the night and I just remember the nurses coming, hey Tom, and just mm. open my eyelids, drop a drop in. Yeah. But he was like, that's put one drop in, give it five minutes, put another drop in, give it five minutes, and do that sort of six or seven drops. Wow, every hour. hour. So oh. you can imagine, most of the nights I weren't sleeping because I was just having all drops put in. Yeah. And the one main one that that to put in was that to put acid drops in. Really? Because obviously it was a line. So that's to, oh. to get the level, the pH level back in the arm. Oh, God, that get that kill. The alkaloid and the, the acid. Yeah, so that wasn't very nice. No. I remember <laughs> my mum dropping a bottle of um, acid oil drops on the, on the carpet, and the yeah. carpet just went burnt away, didn't it? And I'm thinking, yeah. wow. That's going in oh, your eye. Like, in my eye. And, the, and even things like my mum had to do for me, because like, I was having so many drops every hour, we actually mm-hmm. had, to write, she had to do like an Excel spreadsheet with really? colours and, and showing which hour I had to put this drop in, which hour she had to put this drop in. It's like a full-time job for her, isn't That's it? That's it. And, and she was there having to make drinks for me, having to make dinners for me, having to do things for me that she used to do for me when I was a child. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Was that the hardest part, do you think? Yeah, because it's like, you mean, you don't want your mum doing that for you at mm. teenage, turning into an adult. Yeah. Going into the big world of work and things, and then next thing your mum's looking after you like that, and mm. it was just like, this is not what I want. Yeah. Have you spoken to her about, obviously since and now things are starting, we'll get into like where you are now and, and what your yeah, plans are. Like, Have you spoken to her about about that time? Yeah, we speak, we, we do speak, not like the nitty gritty sides, but yeah. she likes to, to hear, she, she loves what I'm doing there. Like, yeah. She's so proud of where I've gone, from what I've gone from yeah. to now where I'm now coming on podcasts and yeah. getting my name out there, travelling around the world. Exactly. Talking about my life. Like, yeah. That, that is like one thing they probably would have never thought to do. Yeah. Because I knew what sort of lad I was. Mm. I knew I was quite set back lad back in yeah. my younger days. But no, like, people can't shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. anyway, You've like, certainly found... Talking about things, yeah. that's what's helped me out and that is what I've learned over the last mm. few years is that Talking about your problems mm. and not bottling it up yeah. is the biggest thing that'll help you. Yeah. It seems to be a running theme, does that? Yeah. Um, it, about and, the talking. And, and, like, what, one of the main things I talk about in my mm. speeches is about us men opening yeah. up. Yeah. Because we don't, and we all think we're strong minded, mm. hard blokes. Yeah. We don't want to show our emotions. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I didn't show my emotions years ago. Yeah. I thought people would taking the mick out of me or mm. taking the piss out of me because he's, he's showing his emotions he's yeah. showing what he, you know what I mean? but mm. the last few years since I've done it and I've opened mm. up and I'm telling people about things I would never have thought I'd tell people yeah. my head is so much fresher than just got it, out, got it out yeah and so you started these talks what three That's two, four three, years ago four 2019 years. I started and they yeah started, done a couple in one or two in 2019 yeah. and then COVID come along. Oh, yeah, that dreaded all the, Yeah, exactly. And then, um, we'll have to edit that word out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then that's what I thought. I thought, no one's going to do face-to-face talks. Yeah. No one's going to want to hear my story. Yeah. And then the last two years, it's literally, my name is just getting bigger and bigger it and it's getting out there. Yeah. And, yeah, like, like I said, that if I can prevent others from yeah. going through the same sort of injuries, yeah, I'm loving it. And yeah. but so, have yeah. you found in that four years, uh, have you noticed a fundamental change in yourself? I have from talking. Yeah, i in what way? Made me. It's made me open up. It's made me go, not care about what people think of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? that's what I always had on the back of me. It was yeah. what all about what, what people think about. What you're saying, yeah, but now I just think, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Like, I've, I've gone through something really bad in life, like, yeah, I was looking on taking my own life after this. Like, mm-hmm. I went through suicidal thoughts, I went through mental health problems, yeah. I was gonna pop a load of pills. I said to my mum, No, I know I was lying there. I'm my mum, dad said, not being able to do nothing, mm-hmm. not being able to see nothing. And I said to my mum, If this is how my life's gonna try and pan out for the rest of my lives. Mm-hmm. I'm going to end up chicken load of pills down for and calling it a day. Yeah. But one thing that helped me through that time, um, I've just been a friend of mine, his mum and dad had a few little puppies, little chalky pups. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and there was this one called Alfred. Nice. And he was he was great. He, I used to play with him in it, like throw the toys around in my mate's kitchen. Yeah, yeah. He'd love it. He'd bring us all back to learn the toys in my hand. Really? Oh. And he got sold. Right. And then a few weeks went by, and my mate's mum says the dogs come back. They couldn't look after him. They didn't have the time in the day to look after him with work and that. They've sent him back. Do you want him to take him home to your mum and dad? Because I know how much you Oh, no way. So I've, this was on a Sunday. This was before my accident. Yeah. So I've said, took him back to my mum and dad's. Yeah. All the family loved him. Yeah. My brother, my mum and dad, my auntie and my uncle loved him. Yeah. He was just a new family pet. Yeah. We had another, we had another dog there as well, but he was just tiny. Mm. And everyone was, he was cute, and it? That's it, yeah. So then on the Thursday, then I've had my accident. Mm. Come out of hospital. My mate's mum said to my mum, Tom needs that dog. Yeah. He needs to, that dog around him. Like, mm. What he's gone through, and easy. And I've got home, like I said, all I was doing was lying on the Yeah. And I always used to sense this little dog just jumping up the side of the set. Yeah. And I used to just pick him up and rest him on my chest. Oh, yeah. And I just used to stroke him. Mm. And he kept me mentally sane. Really? Because... And what he like, he he um like I said, he was not even a year old. Mm. I just had him. He was probably a few weeks old when I had him. So he's gone with he's every gone year it, he? with me yeah. over the last fifteen years. So he's died. Yeah, he's been with me by my side. Amazing. Until about a month and a half ago when we had to put him down. Oh yeah, no. which like I knew it was gonna hurt me. I knew yeah. Uh, losing this dog because this dog has gone through everything with me. Yeah. He, I used to walk around the streets at night when I was just about trying when my side mm. was coming back in my right eye. Mm. I used to be with my mum and dad either side of me, and I'd have this little pup in my, <laughs> in my, in my hoodie jacket yeah. in, my, in my pocket there, and, we, and I just used to walk with him. Oh. And you know, like, like that's what people love relating to, like, we can relate to because yeah. people who've got dogs mm. and understand. What goes on in a life with a dog? Yeah, they ain't as long as that. They've got short lives and tools, and people can relate to that feeling. Yeah, well, the part the part of our lives, but we are their whole life. Exactly, and it's probably you know from from the dog's point of view, you are it's everything. Yeah, um, so it's probably you know it's probably got its own little gratitude oh, that it's had you for man, forever. I was I'm thirty three year old dog standing <laughs> in the vet the other day, and I was bawling. Oh man, because. <laughs> And it just brings back memories of yeah. the times like I remember when he was like when I like, when I was back at home and I, I couldn't go back to work. Was yeah. at home and I was working in dust and open wounds and things like that. I couldn't mm. go back to work. Couldn't get back in my car. Yeah. I didn't watch TV and things like yeah. that. Films. I couldn't listen. I didn't look, listen to music. The only thing I used to I just used to chill with this little dog. Just a, just a question then. For me thinking off the top of my head. Um, that that dog's been when you got it, and then a week later, less than a week later, yeah. you had your accident. Yeah, yeah. And then all up until this time, you've been growing and developing, and, and all that. It's obviously you've been through a lot of a lot of shit, and now you get into a stage where you, you know, you're growing as a person, passing on that message. When when you did have to put him down not, not long ago, did did you feel like it was a new chapter for you as well? Just yeah. because it was you that dog's been part of the whole accident from start to finish. Yeah. Did you feel like it was a bit of a you know, right, okay, that's... Because it, was it, was, yeah. it, was it a reminder as such? Because that, you know, it was such a close time getting the dog and then and then the accident. Do you, do you feel like it was a bit of a... I don't know, I'm thinking out loud. He was just like... He was just a... He was like a companion. You know yeah. what I mean? He, I don't know. He, but 
obviously, yeah, it's like an end of an era for him. Yeah. And and this is my new era now. He's what yeah. I'm doing in life now. Is so did you have a bit of a mindset change maybe and think, right, it's time for me now to... Yeah, look, I, this little dog, he's on my speeches, I talk about him on my speech. Yeah. Every time I do a speech, so everyone that has listened to my speech yeah. knows about this little dog, Alpha. Yeah, knows Alpha, They've yeah. seen the picture of him. I need to see it. Yeah, I'll show you a picture. I'll show you a picture of it. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it. So everyone knows about this dog mm. and I'll never... I'll never not talk about this dog yeah. and the mental health and what he, and how he helps my mental health and things yeah. like that. Because like, people who got people who've never had dogs before mm. and have might be going through something. Yeah. A little dog or a dog just just you know what I mean? it's a man's best friend. Isn't it really dog. is. Yeah. If that little dog could mm. help someone. Totally unconditional, isn't it? <laughs> so I like, I like that. It's um yeah, I like I like that, that message. And that's what a, what a lot of people love is because Everyone can relate to it. Yeah. And like, yeah, he, he was with me when uh, when, when times were hard. And, yeah. But he's, he's been with me then when times have been good as well. Like, I've, like, I've got my own house and yeah. I've got my own dog now. Yeah. And he stayed at my mum and dad's because I couldn't take him away from his own home mm. when I moved out. So he stayed there and he, he was like, he was out every day and walking yeah. everywhere. But things come to an end, don't they? And, they and, do. And, 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 but, like I said, I'll never forget him. He'll yeah. always be in my speeches. Yeah. And everyone else still. He'll always, always live through you, won't yeah. yeah, absolutely. But that's what I mean. He did help me out mentally. Yeah. So it sounds like you've had a a really good support network around yeah, you. if it weren't for my family. Yeah. Like I say to people now, if it weren't for my family being that support behind me, yeah. I wouldn't be standing here today. Yeah. I'd have done so silly years ago. Yeah, and it's some, and sometimes those things happen for a reason, don't they? Having a... Having that family network around yeah. you and stuff. So, yeah. But, uh, the last few years, like, since I've been doing my speeches, yeah. like, like, my confidence, like, more confidence, I had nothing. Really? I, had nothing. I couldn't. I was going out to clubs. When I was able to then start going back out clubbing, because I was blind mm. on my 18th birthday. So, all my mates were going out clubbing on their 18th birthdays. I'm there, yeah. stuck at home. Like, when, when can I go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Asking me, going to the, going to the, um, hospital every Monday morning yeah. Up, yeah and I'd stand there and I'd say can I get back in my car yet and I'd say just get down to that bottom line on your old chart Tom yeah we'll let you back in your car so that was just like one of the main of another main thing that I wanted to aim for I wanted to achieve yeah. just getting back in my car yeah eventually got the sort back in my throat eye um, so how long did that take not to cut you off so about from- three months from um, the point of the accident, the accident. oh that's yeah. good that so is good it weren't it weren't long but yeah when you're the person who can't see it, it feels, it feels like, like forever doesn't it it feels like a long time yeah, yeah. and especially yeah. if you didn't know it was coming back that's it you man. know it's it's just it's so it's scary yeah so yeah you can imagine that i was just like yeah devastated yeah and yeah, so then when it started coming back, yeah. I was able to get back in my car, but I still wasn't able to go back to work because yeah. of my environment. So I was just getting paid an apprentice wage, and mm. I was just going out. Mm. I was getting up at midday, I had nothing going for me. Yeah. I had my car, so I'd get, pick my mates up, we'd drive around all night, mm. all day, all night, just yeah. cruising. Just cruising. Because yeah. when you get your car, you're open to the open world, you can go wherever you want. Freedom. Jump on the motorway, go, yeah. go down to the coast, go anywhere. So that's what we were doing, we were just, we were just chilling. Yeah. But like I said, I was earning one night, but I wasn't earning a lot of money. Mm. So, and that, but I, I then started going out drinking. Mm. 
and the drinking got was taking it over. Yeah. I was on medication from lies. Right. Um, I was going out drinking a few drinks and I'd be passing out and I'd be really? splitting my head open and like I was getting home. I, the one day I had to have um, I had to have Botox put into my eyelids. Really? Because I got an infection in my left eye. Right. Um, and it was due to the moisture in the eyeball drawing out because right. my eye, my tear ducts wasn't working. Right, okay. So there was no moisture in the eye. Mm. So then when dry air was getting onto it, things uh-huh. were getting into my eye, causing any infections. Yeah. So what they said to me is, look, we're going to put a shot of Botox into your eyelid, mm. into the muscle in your eyelid. And over a few weeks, your eye closed. Uh-huh. But really, it felt like my eye was still open. Mm. So I'm walking around like this, but look, <laughs> thinking as if I'm both eyes are open. Yeah. So my left eye's closed. When I built the time, oh man, for a few drinks with my mates. Oh, I just remember having a shot of Sambuca. Had a shot of Sambuca. Mates at the bar with me. He looks at, oh, I'm paying, and he looks like, where's, where's he going this time? He looked down, I'm going to pass out on the floor next to me. No way. Yeah. That started happening like regular. Like, really? And I thought, just from being drink, drunk. drinking, drunk. And the um, medication. Medication. Wow. So, um, the white lots, and then the one night of when I had this Botox, I've walked out, walked out the club, cold hairs it, man. Yeah. And I've just face planted the cobblestones. Wow. Split my lip open, my lip, the, the right hand side of my lip was just hanging up. Oh my God. I all closed like that. <laughs> and I just look like a thug. <laughs> I was nothing like a fool. Yeah. <laughs> just making it up for lost just, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, what's that? So I've gone home, mm. gone to bed, woke up the next morning, my mum's like, you're, you need me to stitches out. Yeah. But it had started healing, and it? Oh, <laughs> so really? I had to go to the hospital then. Oh. Have it all sliced back open, stitched all together. Stitches in my lip. Yeah. All the clothes. And like I said, people then just presumed I was just a naughty lad. Yeah. And I was going to, I was going to, um, going clubbing with bouncers because I had this funny appearance. Yeah. Bouncers were looking at me and saying, no, not tonight, mate. You've had too much to drink. Really? And I'd be like, look, I've had an accident at work. Yeah. So we got to that point and I thought, you know what, forget going out. I can't, mm. I'll get too much hassle. I'll yeah. just sit in my car with my mates and we'll just sit on the back of his car park. Like we used mm. to do all the while. most young lads do. Yeah, been there. Sitting there, leave home. No, I mean, leave to go home. The one that I pulled up a set of lights, looked to the right of me, police car. Oh. They've seen me, obviously seen my eyes. My eyes, because they were so hazy. Yeah. They've obviously seen my appearance. Yeah. I've drove off, they've followed me, pulled over. Oh, no. Searched, sniffer dogs, all sorts, because I thought I was under the influence. Yeah. I thought there's something, he's not normal here. Yeah. So then it was like every week, mm. put a mark on my car, every week. Really? Get pulled over in my local area and. You know what I mean? It's got nice when you see it. You, you, you drive, people drive past, oh, there's Tom. Mm. That's it. There's our, you know what I mean? Our, our nephew, Tom, or yeah. uh, my grandson, Tom, getting pulled over. Please, what's he done? Oh or mum and dad's mates and things like that. And just putting a bad name on you. Yeah. And that's what I thought, you know, kid, I'm just going to be a bad person for me. Yeah. So I drink drugs and all that got involved. Yeah. I was just falling out of control. People say that, don't they? If you, if you get, um, you know, a bit, Assumed to be one thing. Mm-hmm. So well, why not? Okay, yeah, might as well. Might as well just yeah, do it. Yeah, it. and that's what I do. Yeah. So, so when did it sort of start to steer onto a onto a, a cleaner path, should we say? Or you know, where, where did you start to get involved in 
in these talks and, and trying to make a new direction for your life? Was it I family? Well, it was my mum. Mm. Really, my mum and dad said to me, look, Tom, if you're going to carry on doing this, you're going to end up killing yourself. Yeah. And that's when the, the, the pin got you on. And I was like, you know what? This is my family telling me, you're yeah. going to be careful because you're going to be dead. Yeah. So I just thought, you know what, Tom? Let's leave all this behind. Let's fresh, freshly. Yeah. Let's start again. So I got to, I was probably in early 20s, mid 20s, and I just, I, I, I was able to then go out and buy my house. Oh, nice. Which was, I wasn't lucky to get because I lost my soul for it, you know. Yeah, but it's... it was a, 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 something my mum and dad said, look, you need to invest. Yeah. You oh, need so you to got set Yeah, I got a payout and oh, things okay. like that. Right, yeah. So it took a while to, to, for it to work, so to come out, but you know what I mean? Probably things a good like thing. This, things like this. People need yeah. when they have a workplace accident. Constant. And this is what I'm trying to stop people, like company, make big companies realise now. Talk about, get people who have had real life injuries, like yeah. myself, yeah. to talk about to the employers or the employees, mm. to make people realise. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that company don't want to be forking out thousands of pounds for no. an employee that's had an accident on one of their jobs, which I could have prevented. Yeah. yeah. So that's more thing that I'm trying to change. But like I said, my mum and dad, that was the reason that things changed and I had to mm. get back to top. Yeah. So, get your ambition back. That's it. So, obviously, I got back to work. I left the company I had the accident with because yeah. it, it just weren't working for me. I went on to do something else. I went to work for a mate who set up his own business doing fabrications, in metal fabrications. Oh, cool. Which was good because I was working for a mate, you know? Yeah, yeah. Busy. Went on to do that. But I still missed salt work. Mm. Still missed the crack on the jobs and, and just being what you were meant to do. Exactly. So, like I said, I got to the age. Like I said, my confidence was shit. I was not. My confidence was not. I couldn't speak to women. Like, I, yeah. I had no confidence with going out clubbing and talking to girls yeah. unless I was pissed at me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I was sober, or when I was just, I'd never had that confidence. Yeah. And then the thoughts of the one myself, I need to find someone, I need mm. to find a good girl. Yeah. And look, most of us do, young ones, we find these dating songs, don't we? We do, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tinder comes up, Oh, it? there we go. And luckily, I get matching with this one girl, and she probably can hear me out there. Yeah, she probably can, yeah. <laughs> Shaking so her head, no doubt. Matching with this girl. Yeah. And I thought, she's too good for me. She looks too nice for me. Mm. She does. But so, so that girl, but she's seen me. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, kept going. Left it. Match with her again. And I thought, she's keen she is. So. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I'm going to grow some balls here. I'm going to ask her out. Good lad. And it took me four months to even ask her out on a date. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was surprised she stood up. Stood along for Building all the courage. Yeah. So anyway, when I... Had a few drinks, and yeah, like I said, she's out there now with mm. my little boy. Yeah. Um, we got engaged. Um, oh, nice. Oh, congrats. Yeah, we had a little boy in May. Yeah. And no, that is my, where my life is now. Yeah. He's family. Yeah. Work hard and have a good life for my family, my missus and, mm. and my son. And is that not the message you were telling yourself? Just before the accident. This is it. So we're back to back to where we started. Where it's probably in a, a stronger position, yeah, maybe. You know, from what got a big circle, yeah, long, long circle, long way around. Outside, and it's took me to different parts that I've never thought I'd been. But yeah. 
And you know what? That is what's turned me into the person I am today now. Is most yeah. of it is from the missus and yeah. how she's built the confidence up and yeah. and just make me see the bigger picture in life. And, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not all about being negative. Yeah. It's exactly. all about the negative. Everything around me was negative. Yeah. Like, I'd never thought I'd ever be in this position I am now. Yeah. I thought I'd done something silly or I just would have been a dad. Like, you know what I mean? I just wouldn't yeah. have had the confidence to get up and, and, and do something in, in, with my life. But yeah. the reason now is, like I said, is my missus, she's built me up. I'm now trying to prevent other people from going into accidents and not even just accidents of work it could mm. be in your home it could be in your house you could be doing a bit of yeah. DIY around the house and look, there's always one thing I always tell people on my speeches is about a young lad I met while I was in, um, in hospital in Birmingham after I had my accident yeah. I was in this, I was in the corridor waiting to see my consultants every Monday morning and I seen this young lad walking and he was with his mum right. I was sat there with my mum and I said to my mum he looks, he looks like he's got a bit old man yeah. So we started chatting, started chatting to him, started 16, 17, doing an apprenticeship in uh, plastering. Right. He was skimming a ceiling, didn't have to wear safety glasses, bit of some um, um, plasters dropped down mm. into his eye, it's the same mixture as oh, is it? the compost. Oh, right, okay. So there's lime in that mix as well. Right. And that burnt his eye. Well, as bad as mine. Yeah. Um, well, mine's proper sore red. Hazy, he's mm. just had a bit of redness at the bottom, the bottom right part of the eye. Yeah, but we used to chat every day, mm. and we used to have like I always thought, yeah, his mum's there, he's got he must have a good family, I've mm. got a good family, things like this. I, and then I ended up having stem cell treatment, which is nothing to talk about, but yeah, I went off to Newcastle and started having stem cell treatment. So that was all like pretty soon after, or was that? Uh, that was about six years. After the accident. Right, okay. So I've come I have come across that. Yeah. Um, listening to other podcasts. I've I've heard about it quite heavily. Yeah, Joe Rogan mentions it all the time. Stem cells, and new, stem cells new yeah. And, and there's <laughs> well mate, there's loads of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but Dad, what they said to me is they're gonna take cells out of my right eye, which yeah. is damaged as well. They're yeah. gonna grow them cells and they're gonna put them into my left eye. Wow. So I went through all these stem cell. Like I said, I went off to Newcastle for Probably six years of my life. Yeah. Left his lad, didn't know. Mm. Obviously, he went on to what well, he went on to do, didn't really know what happened. But I went back to Birmingham a few months ago. Right. And I said to my consultant, I said, Hey, is that other young lad who um, had the, the accident? Well, he's had the plaster in his eyes. Mm. She said, He's not alive anymore. No. And that's one yeah. another reason that I'm doing these talks to make people realise what. Wow, and what can happen? I didn't expect you to. That's it, and this is what a lot of people. I didn't expect it because as soon wow. as that, as soon as that consultant, my consultant in Birmingham told yeah. me, my whole body just shivered because I thought, yeah, I thought he had a strong background, family background. Mm. His all wasn't as bad as what I was going on before. Yeah, but I'm still here, and he unfortunately mm. he's not. And it's all, it's all the, it is the mental, the mental side. side of it. We were saying it before, and um, you know, for everybody listening, this is obviously a. A series that we're doing proud to be safe p2bs all these speakers and it's the same message the other week when we were speaking i think it might have been sean and his he were mentioning about um the the level of accident and people measure it oh if you just do that then it's you might have this outcome or if you have a really bad accident then it might be a worse outcome 
And I'm like, it's not about that really. Yeah. It's it's how you deal with it after and everything else that's involved. Strong. So that minor accident or near miss could be the end of somebody. Yeah, somebody. Whereas somebody who's had an accident of your level and now look at you. That's it. You know, right. so. and, and this is another thing that makes me want to get out there and, and do these talks mm. and prevent these accidents and, yeah. and prevent. So well. speaking of that then, how did you get into doing this? Funny enough, it was through my one of my mates, my, my brother, he went to university. He met a lad, one of his good one of his best mates now. Yeah. Which he um, he was his roommate. Alright. His roommate was a construction manager at a company in um, in London. Yeah. And this bloke came along um, to do a safety talk. Oh okay. He was in a wheelchair. His um, name was Jason Anka. Yeah. And my brother's mate must have said like, listen to his talk mm. realised how great he was and how you know what I mean just a great bloke he was mm. and thought I know someone who, who couldn't be good at doing this yeah so he spoke to Jason told Jason about me and says I'll oh, tell Tom to get in contact with me yeah so there's my brother's mate Stan he got um, contact with me and says look that this bloke I want you to to meet him I think you'll two get on yes so I spoke to Jason and we got talking and he asked me to come and watch one of his talks. Mm. Um, I think he was in Coventry. Right. So me and the missus, we went down to Coventry and we sat there and we got listened to his speech. And like we walked out of there and we was both in tears. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Powerful, innit? That is one hard hitting speech. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is powerful. That is, that is something I could potentially do. Yeah. But I'm not that sort of person to stand up in front of hundreds of people. And I think <laughs> yeah. That is so daunting. That is, like, I'll turn red. <laughs> <laughs> so where did it start then? Where, so, where were your first one? I ended up speaking to Jason, yeah. speaking to Abby, and they set me up with this job. It was um, a job at, um, what was it, up in North Wales, um, Airbus. All oh, right, yeah. Airbus where they build all yeah, the Beluga aeroplanes. Yeah, been built. But it was the part where they build all the wings mm. for all the um, all the jets. I walked in there, and Matt Hazelton was in there as well. Oh yeah, Matt. So, oh, luckily I had someone to look up to as I got there. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it, it helped me out with my nerves. But as soon as we walked in there, there's hundreds of kids, like young adults. Yeah, all these. Um, and I'm standing and I thought oh, just started off and doing my speeches yeah. trying to script it trying to read it mm. off a piece of paper <laughs> so you can imagine it was hard difficult very yeah. difficult I then done that one and because I've done it so many from so many people it helped me out for the next one I've done so I yeah. got all up there the next one Network Rail big yes. company massive company but luckily for me I Links in with Network Rail through my mum. Right, yeah, of course. So it was good because my mum, a lot of people who used to work for the company I worked for mm. on the rail side knew about me. Yeah. Knew about his Tom Crawford, who's gone blind through cement burns. Mm. Seen his picture. Never really heard about his story. Yeah. So then when Tom starts doing these speeches, we're going to book him in. Yeah. So the next thing, Network Rail had me. Wow. Then Network Rail started using me as a lot of their subcontractors. Oh, wow. So I was getting pulled here, there, and everywhere, you know, all over, and he started getting busier. And then, like I said earlier, COVID mm. come along, yeah, and that was it. Then, <laughs> yeah. But then, the last two years, I have been doing more or less 
mm. every other month I've yeah. been doing a speech. Um, like I said earlier, I, I got I got the um, the call up to go to to a company in um, Belgium to Brussels. Yeah, um, that was that was one big. That's a big old deal. That was one. I'd, I'd say it's not open, but I can't help. No, it was. It was. That was. That was different because I thought, wow, there's going to be so many different people here from different yeah. company, different countries. Like yeah. all, all this company I was working for, they had all their main um, health and safety or main company, main directors from each. All right, right. Com- from each country. It's a big deal, then. So I've got a bit nervous thinking, oh, they're, gonna, they're never going to understand this Birmingham lad, <laughs> this Brummer. <laughs> understand it. I thought they're going to need a um, translator. Subtitles up on you. Yeah, yeah. So I've got there and everyone speaks English. Oh, perfect. Oh, yes, so yeah. much of a weightlifting. Yeah, so, but you know what? Just being able to have, get on a plane, fly yeah. out to Brussels. I've been in and I've done quite a few over in Ireland the last two years. I've been to, um, to Dublin. I've done a couple out in Dublin for um, a couple of construction companies out there. Yeah. I was in Cork for a company called Striker. They do like your um, prosthetic limbs and things like that. Right, amazing. So that was made from a cement based product. Of course. So they're trying to promote health, um, eye protection. Yeah. And that's it now. just being able to go to, you know what I mean, go to go to Ireland. Yeah. I've never been to Ireland in my life. Have you not? I've now been over there four or five times. Yeah, just to do this. Yeah, just to speak yeah. about the accident. And and it's not always now construction companies which I've had mm. the accident in. There's healthcare companies, there's um, food manufacturing companies. Yeah. So it, it differs all sectors. It's about overall awareness, isn't it? I think a lot yeah. of the time, and we, we've mentioned it before. It's not so much just the accident itself; it's it's the after it's the, the after effects, effects and, and everybody. It's all that spiderweb out, isn't it? And yeah. creating awareness, like you say, just so people stop and think. That's it. And just you know, and this is all what I'm saying. Like, mm. It's not over. Like it's not always being about wearing PPE at home. Yeah. I mean, at work. Yeah. It's at home as well because, yeah. like I said, you about that young lad. Yeah. That's that. People take doing jobs at home like mm. stripping the wallpaper off the ceilings or off the walls yeah. they're scraping away bit mm. of plastic or dropping the roll yeah or lads on, like, I've spoken to lads who um, drilling into the concrete slabs and things mm. like that not wearing safety glasses concrete dust drops into us it's still going to same, do the same, same thing yeah might not be as bad as what I've got still though but it's still going to burn your holes it's yeah. still got cement in it's still got lime in that place so mm. Yeah, people need to just realise, and and that's what I'm here to do. Now, it's yeah. just, I'm not like a side to people. I'm not here to promote to preach health and safety. I'm mm. here to preach what could happen. Yeah, what could happen? What could happen if I have an accident now? Mm. Got my job now, self-employed. If I had a job accident now, I've got a family, I've got a house, I've got bills, I've got everything. Yeah, I'm lose my job through an accident mm. but as bad as mine's been then the missus not bringing in as much money I'm mm. not earning nothing then she we are because we can't pay bills yeah. she might leave me I'm stuck in a house and I can't afford I'll get kicked out mm. big knock on effect where am I going yeah exactly if I didn't have if you, I didn't have my family bill me, that could have been mm-hmm. the road I'd path I took you just never know do you but this yeah. is it and this is like, like, like I said this is what I'm trying to Mm. so educate people about is mm. what could happen yeah I think it's a really strong message mate um, and you know 
I commend you um, for for where you've been, where you've you've sort of come from, and what you what you're doing with your life and where you're taking mm-hmm. it and stuff. And I've always said, I mean, I've been in health and safety what eight years, and it's always been around life critical stuff. You know, mm-hmm. isolating really dangerous machinery, quarries, power stations, oil rigs, all these things, offshore wind farms yeah. and stuff. So it's it's quite a, a high level, and the amount of conversations and stories I hear that just never get onto mainstream media or even stories that you can easily find and I think these these stories need to be told just from a one from awareness point of view or what could happen you know real life stories yeah. as we said in the tagline um, just so you can stop and think oh actually that, that might happen if I take that path or that decision and stuff and this podcast is all about being proactive because yeah. health and safety as a whole I find is quite reactive something will happen and then they'll change it um, and I've come across it a thousand times um, and obviously everything we, that we're trying to do and align with we're trying to align with people with the same message P2BS obviously proud to be safe that you're part of and, and obviously you've got your own business within that and you know it's it, it's, the, it's the same message that we want to push to send everybody home safe and with the people that we partner with um, the Safety Shed who, who help produce and sponsor this podcast they provide the product that again provides solutions for exactly. for these things that you're getting involved in and um and that's what we want to do it's one goal send everybody home safe you know we get them stats through every year i want to see that number dropping and dropping and dropping and i think these conversations will will eventually get us there you know yeah, t- touch wood um so you know I, I, like i say I, I really appreciate you doing what you're doing now mm-hmm. um you know, I'm hoping you're still getting in, into construction as, as oh, such. Yeah, cause, cause, you know, like, I've still got my day job. You've still got the day job, yeah, that's good. Thought, and you know what? No, Don't ever give I that up. And, and I love going to work with my yeah. mates and be able to... Like, the job I'm on at the moment, my, mm. my sort manager, he's one of my good mates. Yeah. One of my best mates he's, I'm working with, with yeah. machines. And you know I mean, like, if you... Like, I'm be still in that job if it weren't for them too. Yeah. And, and like... Like, yeah, I'd love to do it all my life, but mm. you know what I mean? Like, working on site, we all know it's not <laughs> a healthy way to mm-hmm. carry on your life. Like, my knees, my joints, <laughs> and that are in pain. We're getting on now, Tom. Yeah, I'm in for it. He's not exactly. exactly in my legs, so. It'll like clockwork. But that's <laughs> it. Like, this is my mm. priority now, is to know. Yeah. Stick with the safety talks. Yeah. Raising awareness, raising awareness preventing accidents. Yeah. And trying to, and, and as well, trying to cover the younger generations as well who are, who are up and coming into the construction industry who have never really known about things like this. Just like you were. Exactly. Yeah. And if I can prevent another young lad, same age as me, as yeah. when I had an accident from losing his sight or mm. losing an arm or losing a leg or, yeah. you know what I mean? Anything. Yeah. It's, just to make people realise it's good you know the talks in college and unis and, and stuff like that probably be interesting that's, too that's, yeah you yeah, probably already so have I do want to do a couple yeah. of colleges and universities and, and, and lectures and things yeah. like that but well anyone listening I mean this this will be shared on, on everything and, yeah. and there will be somebody listening of that kind I think it is a good a good angle I've done I've done it similar myself with um, with it was a train train manufacturing college actually oh, uh, yeah. where was it was it in Birmingham it was in the Midlands somewhere yeah, it was it was definitely down there, but they had a, a, a centre mm. where lockout tagout and isolation of hybrid hybrid trains and stuff yeah, like yeah. that was quite a big part of it. But conversations I've had with seasoned pros, shall we say, quote unquote, when I've done training or surveys and stuff for for um for lockout. Oh, I've never been injured. 
You know, it's never happened to me. You know, I'm, I'm really experiencing complacency, and you know, it's, you know, it's sound. No, no worries, mate. Don't worry about. It. And I'm like, it might not be you that gets injured, but that apprentice who's just started yeah. looking up to you might be the one who gets injured because of what he's following. So if you're teaching them up from what to look for in the right ways as they get into it, so I really do think it's a good angle. Yeah. No, no. Look, look, I've spoke to people who have been in the construction industry mm. all their life. Yeah. They've been, they're in the 60s, they've never had a connection. And, no. But they never want to wear safety glasses as well, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's one hard thing to come across to. The older generation is to say, look, lads, mm. this happened to me. It might not happen to you, yeah. but it could happen. Yeah. And if it does, it's shit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know what I mean? And they're, and they're like, wow, oh, I've been doing this all my mm. life and it's never happened to me. I've had the splashes of compound yeah. meals. It's never burnt my eyes like that. Mm. But it could. But it could, yeah, exactly. And that's and what, it has. this is what people do though, don't they? Mm. But, and, and this is what it happened to me. It's like, some this, like that accident with me losing my sight, it had to happen to me before anything put in place. Yeah. Safety glasses wasn't out before my accident. Really? So I'm the reason wow. people are now employing people to say put safety glasses on when you're doing yeah. jobs like I said oh no what they're like I know mm. there can be a pain in the wet mm. and you've got to keep taking off and cleaning them but like I'll do now I'll take my glasses off mm. and clean them yeah. stop what I'm doing yeah. tap my cards off tap my glasses off clean my glasses because you do when you get warm the steam up of course they do yeah. and, and that is one thing that mm. makes people then think you know chuck these down yeah. but when people realise what's gone on with me, hmm. small price to pay. You know what? I'll I might just chuck them glasses on. I'll yeah. I'll give them a clean. I'll stop what I'm doing. Yeah. Because this is what it is. It's a lot of pressure at work and hmm. things like that. What things like that? What I cover is like the pressure you get put on you. Yeah. Hmm. You got to get the job done. Supervisors piling on the pressure. You got to get this job done. Yeah. You got to get this handed over today. It's usually the the job t- done. It's usually pressure from the top. It exactly. is, you know. But, and this is what I say to some of these big companies, big directors of companies. Yeah. Look, don't put the pressure on your yeah. workforce. Yeah. That well, you, 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 can. Can. you can in the right ways, you know, but as, as long as safety is at the forefront yeah. of that, then then fine, you know. It's to be efficient and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. But again, if you if you put too much on and, and safety isn't at the forefront, especially then it's, to the younger generations, yeah, exactly. Well, Just like you, mate, yeah. we bring it back around. So, well, no, I've, um, yeah, I, that this is lawfare for me. Yes. Yeah. Well, good, good for to you, talk mate. To as many people, and, yeah. and I'll appreciate getting the call up to come. And, no, of course. And do another podcast. I hope it's been. I hope it's been all right, mate. From my point of view, I mean. We're, such a powerful story you deliver it unbelievably well yeah. um, you just can... connecting talking speaking and yeah. like I said earlier talking opening up speaking mm. to people even speaking to people you, you, mm. you've never spoke to in your life exactly yeah. and the, and this is one of the things that helped me out was talking to a counsellor some yeah. woman who I didn't even know of mm. didn't know nothing about me Yeah. but I was able to offload everything off my chest off, yeah. out of my head so this woman mm. And look, this was when I was a younger, a younger lad. And, yeah. And that now, in my thirties, I've realised that talking to that woman back when I was 18, 19 mm. years old, helped me out. Put you on a bit of a different path. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Unbelievable man. talk, mate. So um, we'll start to start to wrap it up there. Little and out there, it's getting yeah, restless as well. Bless him. So <laughs> get back um, in the car. exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly uh, when he's in the car, <laughs> is it? Go to sleep. That's why. <laughs> Aren't we all? Um, so three questions I always ask guests as we uh, as we start to wrap up. Um, so if these are 
too much on the fly. We can edit this out and you can you can come back to me. But uh, so the first one is, if you have one, what is uh, a life motto that you live by? It's just to live the best. Don't you know what I mean? Or, or, or just be our, our thought life was it mm. back then. Yeah. But now life is just non-stop love yeah. love everything to the fullest yeah and that's what I mean like, that's what I'm trying to tell people like yeah that accident I put me down in the dumps I was mm. depressed I was suicidal but now I've mm. flipped, flipped it around I'm buzzing are you grateful for going through that do you think yeah, yeah. you know what like, it, it has changed me as a person it has helped me it's, my, my mind's mm. different as well my mind's different to how like, just being a, coming across things like yeah I still feel like I'm just that 16, 17 year old daddy mate. <laughs> don't I'm we all mate? Yeah, but I'm now growing up yeah. and yeah, it's like this is it now. Yeah. So yeah, right. I, I mean, so live, live life to the full. Live life to the full. I like it. I like live it. Live life to the fullest. Yeah. And do everything that makes you happy. Yeah. Or, like some of the things I've done over the years of having one, I've like, never thought I'd have done. Mm. I've never done them with two holes. Like, no, yeah. like riding motocross bikes and really? stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Like, I'm, like, all my mates <laughs> that love motocross, so I'm not. Like, Good for you. you know, I don't want to be left out. I don't want to yeah. have to stay at home and. Oh, well, you was watching your videos of your mates and <laughs> on the social media enjoying the talk. You like, found yourself I, saying yes to all that. That's more. it. So I've just like, thought, you know what, I can do this as well. Yeah. My mates have shown me teaching the ways and there's me driving around on motocross boats Get and it. on the on the um, the tracks and that. That's quality. Just doing enduro tracks and like, you know, but I'm smiling, I'm still showing and this is not sad to people that mm. make speeches. People still be doing that. Yeah. With one or yeah. I've never done it with two hours, so nah. it's showing that. You can still do these things. You can still make. You can see. You can see that it's genuine yeah. happiness as well, and yeah. you're you're authentic with it. This isn't um, obviously you can't see it because you you're not you're listening to this, but but I can. You know, I can see yeah. it in you. It's, it's, it's another it's thing. Like, like, another picture on um, that positive energies that I, I put mm. the positive things that I put on my on my, um, my speeches is me and Vegas shooting machine guns. Yes. So, that's one thing I never thought I'd ever done. So yeah. me and my mates went to Vegas about six, seven years mm. ago and we wanted to shoot guns. We went to his foreign range, picked up all these machine guns mm. and there's me, pulled with machine gun, looked down my scope and I thought, oh, I can't see the target, where's my target? Yeah. And then I thought, oh, I'm left-handed, I'm blind yeah. in my left eye, I'm going to do this. And, and this is what I mean, I'm yeah. shooting with my right hand and yeah. you mean, it's, yeah, it's not as, as good, but I've got to adapt to it. Yeah. But I'm still smiling. I'm yes. still happy. I'm still able to do what I want to so do. So you, you do just doing bucket list stuff because it's, you can. Yeah. Why not? Why exactly. Not? Just enjoy it. Like, yeah. Off to Thailand again in March, next March. Amazing. Things, you know, it's it's just being able to do the things you enjoy. Yeah. Good stuff. So, uh, second question: um, If you if you have one to recommend a book or a podcast that you'd recommend. If it's a, a recommend a book. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend Jason Anker's Jason Anker's Jason Anker's book yeah okay. that is you know another hard hitting book yeah um, he yeah he, some of the stuff that mm-hmm. I've learned off Jason and yeah. Matt and Sean yeah they're like they, yeah okay. they, they've grew up like me I've grew up to them like looking at them like wow they're yeah. like well my big brothers big doing brothers. The, showing me what I should be doing like, Lead, leading by yeah, example and you know what I appreciate everything they've okay. done for me especially Jason yeah. like, 
I will be here where I am today if you want for them to. Well, you're you're very good at what you do as well. So yeah. you know, obviously, they've given you a platform, but you are Absolutely. you are good at what you're doing. So and, and and even my brother's mate back in the day when yeah. he first seen Jason's talk and. Mm. Like, I appreciate what he done for me by saying, look, Tom, you could do that. Yeah. You could do what Jason's doing. And you are now. I'm glad you are. Um, okay, Jason, because I'll put it in the show notes for everybody with a link. Um, I'm assuming it's on Amazon and stuff, won't yeah, it? It's so, all yeah, over. it's on Amazon. Right, cool. It's on the P2BS site as well. Yeah. So. I'll, uh, I'll get the link yeah, put on there, then that's, uh, that's good. That's a good read. Until you, uh, until you release yours. Like I said, it's a, it's a hard hitting. Yeah. I open Yeah, yeah, it's a top look. You're in it the other week. And, uh, it is, a, it is an unbelievable story, so you know, go go read and listen. Um, and then finally, uh, what message would you have for the industry to empower change, health and safety wise? Well, my message to the industry would just be to like, I understand things have to get done on time, mm. lines and, and pressures and things like that. But just just think about you, you, the lads who are doing the work mm. for you and earning the money for these big companies and and getting these big companies' names out there because yeah. it's all the little legs at the bottom who, who are doing the work. You know, Without they them. don't get a mention. Yeah. Like, like I tell you, I'm still on the building site myself. We don't get a mention at the bottom. The big company up there does. Yeah. But the little lads who are doing the work don't get a mention. So that's what I mean. Like, just go so, out and and just think about the people who've, yeah. who, who, who are working for so you. So think know. on their behalf. You know, yeah. Stop stop uh, and think and on their behalf. Just Oh, another thing I've said to people look, for the mental health side if, you, if you've got employees or you've got a supervisor who's got a group of lads yeah, he can tell that one of them lads has got something going on in his mind yeah. something's going on in his head you can tell he ain't the same person he was yesterday something's yeah. going on at home hmm. he's brought it to work with him yeah. he might then get set a job by his supervisor and that supervisor knows something's going on in his head hmm. I should I should just have a quick word with him before yeah, put just, him to work, just in case. Yeah, you never know. Because this is what things that these employee employers need to realise about. Yeah. People are having a lot of problems. And it could be anything though, couldn't it? It's, 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 it might have had might have slept on sofa that night. Exactly. You know, a bad night's sleep come in, makes a bad decision. Exactly. Or a That's quick happened. decision. You just never know. The rest of his life yeah. turned upside down. So stop. So just think. stop. Before you send supervisors, before you send hmm. your lads out. On, either onto a store or into a factory or anywhere into a hospital yeah. you know what I mean just if you think there's something going on just have a quiet word because yeah. that's what's helped me yeah. it's just people with having little chats in there mm. telling me that things can help, things can turn around you can you can help yourself mm. out amazing well, this, is, uh, this is this is powerful in person people so um, get in touch how, how can people best get in touch with you mate uh, LinkedIn probably the best way to see how yeah. I'm getting on with Sean Caulfield uh, uh, Tom Caulfield yeah yeah, yeah. Think of, Just, speaking of Sean before yeah. <laughs> Tom Caulfield and LinkedIn yeah um, I've got yeah P2BS mm-hmm. that's company I, I, I work for doing my talks yeah um, I've got a lot of time for the guys there and um, I've just on the internet really put yeah. my name in there's okay. pictures there's safety alerts there's yeah. I've done a video for Under Tools um, last a couple of years ago. So there's oh, a nice. video on YouTube. So there's lots out there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. a bit. Um, and that's what I mean, it's just getting my name out there yeah. and just trying to just tell people yeah. what's gone on in my life and just trying to prevent it from happening to others. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd certainly get it booked in person, people. It's. Um it's a, it's a whole other level when when you do see it and, and obviously top bloke gets to get to meet Tom and stuff so yeah, uh, so yeah 
Amazing, mate. Thank you so much for coming over, bringing the family. Great to meet yeah, them all. And, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> see how they're getting on. It's, uh, but yeah, I, I can't, can't thank you enough, mate. I'm grateful for what you're doing. Keep keep doing it. And um, yeah, until next time, we'll do it again, mate. Keep yeah, this posted. Thank you. Yeah, top man. <laughs>